You found it, the home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 95 of the Patriot Review. This one is called Gambling With Your Life. It's been a very busy week for everybody, I'm sure, with the election and uh, the mess that's still going on today. We can't seem to uh, do better than being a third world country with our elections these days and our vote counting. And we all know why that is, and we know what the truth is behind behind that. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that, but I will get to that shortly. Today, we're going to talk about uh, airline safety, and I have... TPR contributor, author, former airline captain, former uh, Vietnam pilot, Captain Retired Robert Firth, who will be joining us for an interview. That'll be just in a little bit, so stick around for that. Really what today's show is all about, however, has more to do with this gentleman, and this is uh, Basil Rathbone, my favorite actor who portrayed Sherlock Holmes. What we're really talking about on all of the issues is what he would call deductive reasoning, and we are the the group that has that that uh, logic on our side in the arguments that we make. We have the facts on our side. We have the ability to reason deductively, and that's really where we're at as uh, Americans today. Is we see what's going on around us. We hear what the propaganda is and what we want to be, uh, what we're expected to think and how we're expected to behave, and all of that, if you look at it from the standpoint of this gentleman and you use deductive reasoning and logic, would tell you that there are very, very uh, evil intentions behind the efforts that are going on all around us. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we do, I just want to remind you that Christmas is coming up. Yes, it's holiday season already, as you know, Thanksgiving and then Christmas, and we have the perfect Christmas gift at MyPillow.com. You can go to MyPillow.com forward slash TPR and you can get some great deals, including the biggest bed sheet sale ever. When you do this, you're not only supporting Mike Lindell and every one of his employees, you're also supporting this show and I could really use that support. So please think about it. There's all kinds of things, as you know, slippers and robes and, and I have those and they are awesome. Um, I have a weighted blanket that my daughter uses. That's awesome. We have, you know, towels. Everything that uh, my pillow sells is truly high-quality stuff. And go to mypillow.com. Use the code TPR. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you're looking at your investments and you're thinking, what am I going to do with my formerly 401k that's now a 101 question mark? Uh, you can go to the financial advisors at Kirk Elliott with two L's and two T's, Kirk Elliott, uh, PhD.com, and then slash the Patriot Review. And you can uh, you can really get some detailed information into why you may want to use precious metals as an investment alternative, as well as uh, other advice. I'm not the financial advisor, but, uh, but they certainly are. Again, Kirk Elliott. And that's two L's, two T's. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com slash The Patriot Review. That also will help support the show. So let's get started. And uh, we're going to just take a look at, right now, the balance of good versus evil and the war that we find ourselves in. So... Let's talk elections for a little bit. So I realize this is jumbled up on your screen. I don't know why it's doing that, but the headline here is Arizona ballots make stop at Runbeck Printing Company, right, to scan ballot, ballot envelopes before they are set to the county. And there are no observers who watch this process. Um, this came from Real America's Voice, and this is the Gateway Pundit covering the story from them. Um, I posted this on social media, so if you've seen that before, uh, that that's what I'm referring to. And, you know, how many different ways of illegal is there with this? Uh, these facilities are not 
you know, designated election facilities. They're not central count facilities. Uh, you know, and here they are, uh, it, you know, scamming Americans right out in public. And really, when I talk about whole deductive reasoning, you don't have to be a genius because they know you know, and they're doing it anyway. Whether it's the election, whether it's COVID, whether it's whatever, uh, you, if you've been watching for any amount of time, have had to come to the same conclusion that uh, this this is uh, this behavior is 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 purposeful, and that when people who formerly may have been viewed as tinfoil hat wearing crazy people talk about and they pull directly from the source, from the websites of, for example, the World Economic Forum, and they pull the tabletop ex, uh, exercises regarding COVID from the World Health Organization website, or they pull the information from the CDC, and it shows the the results of the jab, uh, or they look at mask studies, and they realize that mask did no good and it's really it really was an exercise in how much we would tolerate giving up our personal control over our lives those are the only the conclusions that you can reach if you're actually honest about it and if you're informed enough of course the mainstream media has been doing its job to dish out propaganda and lies and cover for this agenda and we all know that that's true as well and this is just from today. So three more tight House races called for Democrats narrowing the GOP path to majority. Now, we we know better than this. And, and all of a sudden, you know, these votes are coming out of nowhere. And they're they're filling these these votes out using the names that are on the bloated election rolls. So people who have passed, people who have moved out of state, people who, you know, have uh, voted voted multiple times, and um, you know we all should be aware that the reason why it's taking so much time is that they are utilizing their tactics to cheat and to produce more ballots. Once again, the American people came out, and I believe it was a landslide victory, um, probably 80 to 90 percent red. I think it was a, a tsunami and not just a red wave. And I think they're lying, cheating, and stealing not only this election, but your future and the future of the United States of America. I think that, um, disappointingly, uh, sheriff's departments like Maricopa County are, instead of ensuring that we have fair elections, are committing First Amendment rights violations to the members of the press, specifically Real America's Voice, being kicked out and not allowed to attend a press conference regarding the count and the status because they knew that the questions would be asked that they don't want to have asked. And uh, I actually called the sheriff's office in Maricopa County. Um, of course, I was not allowed to talk to the, the sheriff directly, and maybe he was busy, I don't know, but sure he was. But um, I left a very honest and very... Uh, realistic voicemail just telling him my concerns and letting him know what I thought about a sheriff's office vehicle being next to this box truck at this location that was not a voter count uh, ballot counting location nor was it a, a poll location and you know all I can say is that they are participating in violating the constitutional rights of every one of us. And when a judge says that, you know, a particular state doesn't have standing, it's a joke because we all have standing. We all are impacted, as our our children impacted, by this dishonest and treasonous uh, attack on our constitution and our constitutional rights. So... Uh, that's my opinion of it. Now, I did work the, the uh, I volunteered for the elections and I was an observer. And I can tell you from that experience that the observers, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like lip service. And I think what we need is we need, we need it to be a felony for anybody to remo remove an observer from either a poll location or a central count location, unless they are a danger to themselves and others, and that has to be provable. 
So, and I also think we need to have the observers be able to see the actual ballots. So I can tell you from my experience, I was in a central count location, and we were, you know, within uh, three feet, no further than eight feet. We were given chairs, and we could watch the the count taking place. But we, what we couldn't actually see is when there was a ballot that was questionable, according to the counter, that the election, the chief election official, would then take that from them and. She would just announce so-and-so who lives at such-and-such an address. Um, There's a problem with this ballot, and I'm going to take it to the the voting authority or the central voting committee or whatever she termed it as. I don't remember. But And those people were the two people who were feeding ballots into the machines at this location. And that was the so-called voter uh, committee. So... They looked at uh, the ballot, and then she would announce what they decided, and everybody would continue going about their business. And we had nobody checking whether or not, you know, you hear things of the outer envelope being, you know, within the number sequences having an R or a D. Um, We couldn't, we weren't allowed to look at those things. So the decision of of the ballots, whether to accept them or reject them, was done on the fly with none of us as observers really seeing you know, being included in seeing the ballots or the envelopes or whatever the reason might have been for the question. So so I didn't really see that being an observer was really all that beneficial because we really couldn't see what they were counting, how they were how they were actually reviewing it, you know, and and so on. So um, you know, I I trust 90% of the people who were in there counting, you know, but as Reagan would have said, trust but verify, right? And I just think that our current election laws, um, not only in the state of Wisconsin here, but abroad, just don't really make that observer role uh, worthwhile, and it really don't make it to have enough teeth. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, we talked about this gentleman, we talked about deductive reasoning, right? So, um, if if it's taking five days to count votes when other countries and even third world countries can get the results in the same day, we certainly can throw enough citizens at this thing to go back to paper ballots and make it realistic. And the, and the only logical reason for doing otherwise, and the only logical reason when you look at things that happen like in the 2020 election, 100,000 votes showing up at 3 a.m., the closure of the counting locations, the uh, ejection of the Republican or GOP observers and, and uh, poll officials. And then when they're ejected, the windows are covered up, like in Detroit with pizza boxes. All that kind of stuff happened again with this election. We had people who were removed, and we had the same type of stuff going on. And there's only one logical, deductive reason for it and i don't know what's happened to people but it used to be called common sense that the only reason you would do that and then tape up the windows in 2020 is because you're cheating and that the only reason that you would now park a box truck outside of a company that has nothing to do with this election and is not an official location for counting and you would utilize this from a with no observers i mean folks what is it why was that done and why was the Maricopa County press conference, why why was uh, Ben of Real America's Voice, why was he uh, escorted out? I mean, there's only there's only one real reason why all that is happening. And uh, we know what the truth actually is. So I wanted to start with that. And we're going to get we're going to get into um, our main topic here right after the short break. And I'll be right back with that. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. 
coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. So welcome back. We are going to talk now about the airline industry and the impact uh, of the of on the airline industry and your safety flying and the impact of the COVID jab in in uh, particular. So um, this has been a story kind of gaining momentum and then losing momentum and then comes back in. And um, there are some sources that I would point you to for COVID in general. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I will say this. Now, this is from StopWorldControl.com, StopWorldControl.com. I've mentioned this website several times. Um, This slide I wanted to show, this is actually just part of the web page, the home page. I wanted this up there because I want to say this. So we have evidence that the pandemic is a crime against humanity, Um, and we have... uh, you know, an effort, an ongoing effort at tenletters.org, and you know, I've had um, I've had discussions about what can be done in response to all of this stuff, and I think that once the election is settled, and my hope is that we do we do gain the House and yes, even the Senate, and we are allowed then to really make a different an impact a difference by d- making certain demands and i mentioned on my social feed that i'm going to be having a an effort to put together that i'll share just a little bit of that with you so what i'm thinking is a a new declaration of independence of sorts and that declaration would make demands under threat of recall to the politicians that we have in Washington on both sides of the aisle. And it would have to do with all of these things that we have been forced to endure over the past few years. A COVID investigation, full COVID investigation and charges, um, January 6th and so on. So if you have feedback about that uh, and you like that idea, want to contribute to that idea, you can send me an email at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com again redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com you can go to redbloodedpatriots.com and use the submission form that would be fine as well Um, so that'll be coming out i'll have that out uh, after thanksgiving probably within one or two weeks after thanksgiving have some things to do to put it together and write it and uh, i want to get some folks uh, some input from some folks and uh, you as well. So hopefully you can do that if you have a comment, if you have an idea, if you have language that you'd like to see inserted or considered. Can't promise everything, but um, if you have something, again, submit it to me, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and I'd be happy to take a look at that. So one of the few Fox anchors that I still have respect for and will watch, Tucker Carlson, really talked about the the whole airline thing and uh, the safety. I think it was in April already of this year. And uh, before I show that, what I wanted to say in, in this was that the left has this um, habit of using words that make everything sound good. They, you know, they will... Ex- they're, they will enact this genocide on us and then they will say, you know, this is... This is the World Health Organization. We care about your health. We care about the health of the world. And we're here to make all the decisions and take away the the sovereignty of the nation that you live in. And, oh, trust us, we'll, we're not accountable to you or anybody. And um, we have this great thing, right? We have this great thing, the World Health Organization, and all these efforts, the task forces and the teams. And, you know, but on the right, we tend to just say, what it really is so you know this episode the title of this episode itself you know uh is an example of that the title of this website stop world control is an example of that uh 
and sometimes I think it's to our detriment because we don't uh, we don't have the flowerly, flowerly language, you know, that's pure propaganda. We tell it like it is, and of course everybody, you know, wants to hear positive things and good things. When in reality, they need to wake up and see what's happening to them. So that's just a, a random thought that I had. I want to show uh, a video that was on Tucker Carlson, and I'll come back after that. Country the size of a continent, and we do, thank heaven, you need consistent and reliable air travel. It's not a luxury, it's a necessity. The economy depends on it. And yet, under this administration, the network, the very delicate and functional network of air travel that we've built up over nearly 100 years is falling apart. SkyWest Airlines is the biggest regional airline in the country. They've just announced they have a major pilot shortage. They're planning to drop service in 29 different cities. Southwest also just announced slashing flights in April and May because of staffing problems. It's not just staffing that has caused them. The VAX mandates didn't help at all. This is all about to get much worse. According to one aviation consulting firm, we're going to be short 20,000 pilots by the end of this year. Within just six years, we'll be short more than 60,000 pilots. So we have a transportation department that works pretty much full-time on eliminating racist roads and other equity agenda items. Mayor Pete, of course, runs it. Are they doing anything about this problem? Jason Rance is a radio show host. He joins us tonight with a report. Hey, Jason. Hey, Tucker. Yeah, you're right. The airline industry is crumbling and Pete Buttigieg is lecturing us about racist highways, which kind of makes sense if you're a Green New Deal evangelist who doesn't actually want us flying much, which is exactly what he's getting. Tens of thousands of flights are being canceled. Thousands a week are being delayed, making travel extremely difficult, especially in some of the smaller cities that you would think Pete Buttigieg might pay attention to. Good luck flying from North Texas to Louisville on Southwest Airlines. Some day flights were just cut. American Airlines Airlines slashed about 7% of its schedule this month. Alaska, Allegiant, 5%. United for the year is gutting some 20,000 flights, largely due to a staffing shortage from the COVID vaccine mandate, certainly one that was made worse as a result. Airlines were downplaying all those terminations. Liberal reporters, frankly, supported the mandate, so they never did much digging. But as of January, there were 31,000 fewer full-time airline workers than before COVID. And while we were told pretty much everyone was complying, it turns out a lot of people were also quitting or retiring early. It's gotten so bad that JetBlue is basically begging flight attendants to take on some open shifts. Alaska Airlines is paying double to take on extra work, but it was the number of retiring pilots that is the most alarming. Obviously, no flights means, no pilots means no flights. Alaska cut flights from Portland to Denver, United cut from Dulles to pretty much a bunch of destinations. And what you mentioned with SkyWest, they're looking to cut federally subsidized routes that connect small cities to larger hubs so folks can actually get places. They're not profitable because the customer base is too small, so the Department of Transportation subsidizes it. But what we're seeing are serious service impacts and threats of losing flights to cities like Pueblo, Colorado, Mason City, Iowa. Under Buttigieg, all the DOT has done so far was basically tell SkyWest, hey, you can't ditch these routes until the DOT finds another carrier to pick up these flights. However, SkyWest only wants out because of the same pilot shortages that the other carriers are having. Airlines right now are desperate for pilots. They're kind of going into a hiring and training spree for pilots and for some others. They're paying more. They're lowering some education requirements. The regional carrier Breeze Airways, they're using the E3 visa program to hire pilots from Australia. And obviously this is expensive and it's happening at a time where we're seeing a price surge for gas. It's unbelievable. So if VAX mandates did this to airlines, let's say you applied them to the Navy SEALs on the eve of a war I wonder what would happen to your military. Jason Rance, appreciate it. Thanks so much. So that was really more towards the beginning of when people started uh, using the deductive reasoning and thought, "Mm, well, people are really having these problems with these vaccines, so-called vaccines, these jabs. Uh, What does that mean for a pilot in the air? Uh, I pulled this. uh, This is from the FAA, the Code of Federal Regulations. This is having to do with a pilot's cardiovascular health and the requirements around how they prove that they're healthy. And on one hand, we have a government agency that regulates that. And on the other hand, we have a government agency that is pushing the death jab. 
Now you might say it's not not a death jab. Don't uh, don't call it that. You have no proof of that. But there is tons of proof of that. There are people suddenly dropping dead left and right. There are very healthy athletes, so on and so on. And all you have to do is look for it. So we are fortunate enough to have a TPR contributor, uh, Captain Robert Firth, and I did an interview with him shortly before the election. But uh, it has to deal with this airline safety issue, and I want to show that right now, and I'll be right back after that. I'd like to welcome back to the show TPR contributor, author, and former pilot, uh, Captain Retired Mr. Robert Firth, who's joining us. Welcome back. It's been a little while since you've been on. Um, I know, uh, you know, we enjoy talking with each other just back and forth on on so many things, but I wanted to have you on the show today to talk specifically about something that I haven't seen come back into the news cycle as much as it once was in, say, July of 21, which is the impact on pilots of the uh, COVID vaccine, how how that uh, actually is, is um, affecting pilots. So um, first of all, just introduce yourself any way you'd like, and then... Um, Maybe we can hit on that topic a little more in depth. Sure, Jeff. Uh, well, as you as you said, I, I retired from uh, flying uh, for the airlines and spent six years flying a business jet before I finally had enough of that business. Um, I um, flown over the years something like thirty thousand hours, uh, maybe in fifty different kinds of airplanes. Uh, for the most part. Uh, Jets, the seven two seven, probably more than any, and um, so I can tell you that uh, had I still been flying when these companies tried to force the pilots to take that experimental drug, uh, I obviously would have quit. Um, what I found out from friends of mine that are still flying today uh, is that um, there was a lot of uh, pushback from the crews against the companies trying to do this. The companies are under pressure from the federal government uh, and uh, they're subject to, you know, the regulations pushed on them by the FAA and the NTSB, et cetera, the Department of Transportation. So there's a, the airline management team is, is prone to comply with government edicts. Whether they personally agreed or not, we don't know. But they came, they went ahead at almost every major airline and mandated that the pilots, as a condition of employment, uh, take, take that juice, take that jab. Uh, I can tell you that uh, 20% uh, across the board of the airline pilots in this country that could uh, elected to take early retirement and uh, they yeah. they left and and they're not they never came back they just walked away walked off the job the companies were advantaged to a degree by that because these guys didn't uh, have much more than a year or two to go before mandatory retirement which is age 65 today so these are guys, uh, you know, close to retirement that took advantage of the company offer and uh, they, they got a little bonus, a uh, year's pay or whatever, and um, left the company rather than take that, that uh, drug. You know, so, before, before having you back on, I did a little checking online and stuff. And what I was struck by is that, you know, there, there was initially a lot of talk about the fear of pilots, you know, having adverse reactions to the jab while they're flying in particular. And, you know, while I find a few of those articles, I find, just like any other topic, I find the government narrative being the primary result in almost every search you do. So it becomes very, it becomes very confusing, I think, for people because they're hearing, uh, you know, mostly they're hearing everything's just wonderful and everything's okay and these are good for you and all this stuff. But they there's a there's a whole other uh, you know a group out there and and with great supporting evidence that says otherwise. So 
you being a former pilot and having, you know, that, uh, that perspective, uh, you knew that, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is that obviously these pilots aren't no dummies. They, they decided that they're not taking this experimental jab and they're just going to retire, which I can see what you're saying as far as there being some monetary benefit to the company to do that. Cause they don't have to invest, you know, as we talked before, they don't have to invest in, in those pilots who aren't going to be around long, but what do you say to uh, people who say that, you know, that was just all hyped up. There's nothing to it. There was no, there was no effect on people, you know, and that's, that's really no different than any other vaccine. Um, what, what's your answer to that? Well, <laughs> I, I have patently refused to take the vaccine. I do not know a single person uh, that has taken it uh, personally. I don't have a single friend that has done it. Not one of my pilot friends has gone along with it. The private pilots, which I was the, the last outfit that I flew for, was all private pilots. A lot of them, re like me, retired airlines that went to fly the biz jets. None of them did it, and none of the private companies ever mandated it. Interestingly, uh, the uh, owners of some of these big companies do fly around in private jets, and they never tried to force their pilots to take the juice. <laughs> interesting. So that is interesting. Yeah, now, here's what I can tell you for sure. Um, at one company, a young pilot started with them, uh, you know, uh, in the in the computer uh, commuter side of the company and within less than uh six months uh he had moved up 600 numbers which in seniority is crazy uh, in the normal advancement of seniority he would have maybe uh, gone up by 50 numbers with normal wow. retirements and, and what, what was it what was the time frame for that again he it, within six months he increased his seniority number by 600 Wow, 600 so, people. So how and much so of that? That was a, a very large company. And it, of course, it reflected a couple of things. Right. The 20% that took early retirement, there was also 20% that quit. Flat out walked off the job. No, we're not doing it. We quit. And they did. So right away, these big companies lost, uh, you know, 40% uh, of their crews. And uh, the people who stuck around and allowed that needle to get into their arm were mostly co-pilots who very quickly moved up to captains um, because of the people that had left, the 20% retired and a 20% that flat quit. So let's reflect on that. that. Flat quit were senior captains. So let's, re yeah, let's reflect on that a little bit. So even if the jab, let's say, and I do not believe this for a second, even if the jab wasn't dangerous, and we got to remember the only reason that this thing got put out there was because of the emergency declaration. There was no testing. There was no, there was nothing behind, you know, in those studies behind this thing really being <laughs> safe. So even if, even if it was right. safe though, what you're telling me is that you lost all kinds of knowledge and experience. And now you had, People stepping into a role that directly, uh, you know, they're directly responsible for the lives of their passengers who maybe aren't as, uh, or not maybe, who aren't as qualified as the people who left. Well, if, if a qualification is measured strictly in, in hours and uh, experience, that's, that's true. Uh, in general, though, I can tell you that by a time a person has flown commercially for 5,000 hours, as an example, they've pretty well been exposed to everything there is. They, they've learned, after that, you're just uh, repeating uh, past experiences. It, generally by 5,000 hours, you're pretty good. You're pretty seasoned. I, I realize in my own career that uh, looking back retrospectively, um, uh, I, I was pretty lucky. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I flew around by myself in Vietnam for a long time so there wasn't anybody there senior to me to, to teach me, to, to pass on that information. So a lot of things I learned the hard way, which is not a good way to learn. It's, it, most airline situations, the captain is the captain because he's been with the company longer. If he's been with the company longer, strictly seniority, he's in the left seat. He has more experience than the guy in the right seat. So usually what they do is 
they talk back and forth the whole time. And the senior pilot will pass on information or techniques or show uh, just through example uh, what he what the the benefits of his experience. That's yeah. it. So 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 what happened? What has happened with this one big company that I know of? I imagine with the other companies, crew scheduling now knows which pilots have been vaccinated and which have not. And what they try to do is mix and match. They try to put a unvaccinated co-pilot uh, or a captain either seat. So the, there was at least one person in the cockpit has not taken the juice. So, and, I mean, as a former safety professional, I think that's a wise decision to make. Even, yeah, if, you, even if you don't know for sure that the jab is harmful. But at the same time, it, it does make a statement, doesn't it? I mean, they they know that there's been captains and pilots on both sides of the uh, in the cockpit that have died in flight. There's cases of it. It's covered up. It's hidden. It's not advertised. And I guarantee the passengers exit the plane before the uh, before anybody comes on board and takes the captain's body off. If they take the body off the airplane, they put them in a bag first so nobody sees the uniform. You can so, be sure of that. It's, yeah. it, 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 this is not publicized. You're not going to find it in the ALPA, Airline Pilots Magazine. Uh, what they have noted is there's been an extreme shortage of pilots. The result with the airlines has been massive cancellations. So they're before, back on schedule before, now. They're, they're, they're pretty much back on schedule, Jeff. Yeah. But what you've noticed is That's, that they've canceled thousands of flights. They no longer fly to those destinations. All right, hang on, hang on one second, though. So the um, the magazine you mentioned, I think you've mentioned before to me on a separate in a separate conversation that sure. there there are notices about was it the pilot deaths or that had increased that you saw or was it based on openings or you know what uh, what ex- give us some examples of what brought brought it uh, you know to your mind and and as evidence of the fact that people are actually dying well i i i have stayed abreast of this i as you know since retirement i've been writing books so mm-hmm. i do a lot of research online uh, i've written several books about this particular subject uh, and uh, so i made it a point to contact uh, friends of mine that are still actively uh, flying and uh, but obviously keep them keep their identity uh, sub rosa uh, the, the airlines are extremely sensitive about this this is this could this any information ne- negative information about crews that are getting sick in the airplane or calling in sick or not being able to fly anymore uh, they, they hide them uh, immediately but you're uh, saying you have sources in still inside the airlines that are yes I do okay. yes I do yeah and, and that's where I've gotten some of this information. Now, um, we've had quite a few pilots show up on uh, shows like your, like your own um, and uh, who are still actively flying. There's one United guy who is, in fact, also a licensed physician, and he's flying captain for United. And he's come on several shows, and, uh, of course, he refused to take this stuff. But today, the number of people falling over dead, what they call sun death syndrome, yeah. is inexplicable. Sudden uh, adult death it, syndrome. It's unbelievable. It uh, these athletes in great shape are falling over dead. There's been more than 1,000 that they, we know of. God knows how many we don't know of. Um, you know the, the worldwide effort to try to jab everybody in the world right. has failed, and it's failed because of these premature deaths. I think that uh, what they were trying to do was to have people just get slowly sicker and sicker and pass away. I don't think they ever imagined that so many people would die so well, quickly. Well, you know, according to Bill Gates, they're going to come come around with round two, and it's going to be much, much worse. And he's... He's, he says it right out in the open these days. He's not even he's not even trying to hide it anymore. 
Well, that's Klaus Schwab and uh, mm -hmm. the UN uh, Sustainability 2030, right. etc. Yeah, people better around. people better wake up because you know, in this whole sudden adult death syndrome. I mean, when did it start to come about? Well, it started to come about shortly after the jab, right? Yes, it did. People just, yeah. I mean, you got to connect these things with common sense, you know, because of course the the uh, Schwabs of the world and 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 the Soroses and those with big money that want the new world order, they're going to control the media, and they do. You know, we see that every day, not, right? Not only control it, they own it. Yeah, they own it, literally own it, yes. Yes, they do. So, yeah, so people, I don't know what it's going to take. I think a lot more Americans are, are waking up, but I think it's going to take for some of these folks personal loss before they understand. Well, how, how many uh, women have uh, lost their child prematurely uh, because of the jab? Uh, it's uncalculable. Insurance companies are saying that they've never seen anything like it. 40-year-olds are croaking uh, at a massive rate, and they're not paying their premiums until they're 80 or 90, like the insurance companies thought they would. The actuarial tables are completely skewed now. Right. And uh, I've heard that some companies are saying that if you take this experimental drug, you we're not going to sell you insurance. Or will I haven't we'll heard excluded? I haven't heard so much of that uh, as much as you know what I what I look at and just think you, you got to think of Fauci. I call him the American Mengele because he is, and you know sure. he. Uh, we know that he went to foster homes right in New York, and he did some studies back back in the day. I think it was with HIV/AIDS um, and the mRNA. Uh, type vaccines and so he literally did experiment on kids and, and beagles yeah yeah and and dogs and everything else but so this whole thing i you know i don't know what it's going to take like i said to push people into the light but unfortunately it's come at such a great cost and i'm, I'm i have the pleasure to be working with uh scott shara and his family to do a documentary on not the jabs per se but the hospital protocols which are a whole nother killing field and we're going to talk about that in that documentary so so what i want to get to with you now is to talk about your books now you have quite a few books that are out there they're available on my website they're available at amazon and your latest book world war three why don't you tell us about that one well it it, it was a fun book to write i enjoyed it um i i wrote the book in about six months um here, here's the, the the gist of the story is based on Elon Musk's uh, planned trip to Mars, right? So he he wants to uh, get a whole bunch of volunteers to take a one way trip to Mars on his spaceship. Uh, that that's what he said. So he actually has attracted uh, several thousand people who say yes, we'll do it, and uh, they're in the process of of, of vetting them. He thinks he's going to have this ship ready pretty soon. He's serious about it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, these guys are going to blast off on a one-way trip. There's no way to get them home at the moment. Maybe. I think his plan is to send the, the current, uh, well, the recently uh, employed Twitter execs on that first ship. <laughs> yeah, he's fired about 3,500 of them I think, in the last two days. Uh, good riddance. What a Wouldn't happen to a nicer group of people. Well, I, I can tell you, uh, if you go on the Twitter web website looking for jobs, they have, uh, when you <laughs> say, yes, I'd like to have a job, they send you to uh, a uh, uh, page uh, where you can fill out an application. And they have questions on that application, such as sexual orientation. Sure. What's your uh, pronoun? They have five choices. And not one of the five choices is normal. Yeah. Not um, one. You have anytime, to see that and believe it, by the way. Any, anytime anyone asks you what your preferred pronoun is, just say, you can call me Lord or Master. <laughs> or the boss. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's get back to your book. You got so your the, book. The, the book is that these, these, these group of people um, uh, are chosen. And um, so he had some ideas. Um, he said, he, so the criteria for deciding who goes on the trip is that everybody has to speak English. 
because he figured that it's just going to be too confusing. So he wanted natural English speakers from birth. He did not want to uh, send uh, mixed races into space. He said that's a problem on Earth and it's created uh, all kinds of difficulties for countries. His idea was uh, uh, the homogenous society is the more peaceful, more successful, more happy society rather than one that's riven with racial strife. So uh, then he said that we can't take any dumb people because obviously it's oh. a spaceship. Oh, these have to be perfect people. So he picked people with only an IQ of 140 and above, which means they incredibly bright yeah. young people. Yeah, yeah. And um, he checked out their backgrounds and so on. So on these, this first flight, there was 450 men and 450 women. That's who was chosen and that's who went. So in the story in the book, they don't go to Mars. They go to a, a moon of a close by planet that turned out to be habitable. And using the, uh, the Webb telescope, which sort of augments the Hubble, they were able to, to find this place. And um, he rerouted the trip because they weren't going to need breathing equipment. They were, this place actually had a, 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 an environment very similar to ours, you see. Uh -huh. There was water there. Uh -huh. And there was, uh, you know, other, other conditions that made it similar enough to Earth. So these guys go there. Don't and give away the whole book. Well, they build a society. That's okay. I mean, it, it, it gets on and on and on. But the, the whole thing of the book is that 800 years later, they come back to Earth to see what's going on. Just an exploratory trip at first, although they, they, they've had, uh, they've had uh, little um, drones flying around Earth for many centuries, for seven or eight centuries since they were able to do it. Gotcha. They've been photographing and taking pictures and measuring and, and so they're, looking at the situation. So that's a great spot to leave it. Folks, if you, if you are ultra mega, I can tell you that you will like Robert as an author. And uh, he's got a lot of great books and he's got a lot to offer. Uh, like I said, either on Amazon or uh, they're available on my website as well. And your book price for this new book is what? Well, they're, they're $9.50 for the digital book, uh, and uh, which you have all of those. And $19.50 for a print book from Amazon. Awesome. Uh, it turned out to be a good deal for everybody. Awesome. Because uh, they, they can print them cheaper than I can. <laughs> and they can yeah, mail right. them. They, they send me a, a little royalty, which is uh, exactly the same as if I did it myself and paid $3 to mail it. Yeah, Amazon's uh, pocketbook is never quite out of it, is it? No. Well, <laughs> Bezos started with books. That's how Amazon mm -hmm. got started, with books. Right. And right. Uh, this has been, uh, you know... Since I found Amazon uh, and, and figured out how to get my books up posted on them, which is a chore, I can tell you, uh, it's not easy. Uh, but I, I, I managed to get, uh, I think, almost all 30 books up there now. Awesome. So I, I've been a busy little rascal down here scribbling I away. I guess <laughs> down there in the Florida heat. So the books are, let me tell you, the books are on uh, five books on uh, war and the philosophy of war, warfare and history of war, uh, a whole bunch of books on uh, philosophy and uh, politics, of course, naturally, several books on politics, which are nonfiction books. Uh, there's five fictional adventure stories and uh, World War Three is just one of those. And uh, I even have one story about my dog. <laughs> Awesome. Dogs rule. With photographs. Awesome. We, we will definitely have to get back together sooner. I know it's been quite some time since you've been on, but uh, I do like having you on. And I think we'll follow this uh, this uh, jab thing and see, you know, I'm going to pay particular attention to pilots and, and the news and anything that uh, you want to come back on and discuss. Just let me know. You're always welcome. Sure. Well, you know, they hide this stuff as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's horribly negative publicity. One oh, that sure. they force the pilots to do it. Two that they don't have enough pilots to fly the schedules. Three that they've cut back on the schedules. And a lot of airplanes have been parked, which is, means that they're making lease payments if they're making lease payments on planes that aren't flying. Well, and our economy is taking a huge hit. Uh, 
for, for that reason and for all kinds of reasons. Let, let's hope that next Tuesday we take our world back. Amen. These demo rats. Amen. That, that would be my, that, you know, I, historically, I have to tell you, going back to the 60s in the United States, every single problem in this country, everyone that you can, you can lay at the feet of the Democratic Party, without exception. That, well, that's you know, a historical I, I fact. I don't, I don't, I don't say I disagree with that, but I don't rhinos think the rhinos involved, have been, of course. yeah, rhinos, well, are, rhinos are heavily involved. Yes, they are. There's sir. a lot of them, and there's also a lot of what you call et tu brute, people who thought you were with you who would stab you in the back given the chance. We've seen it. Yeah, we sure have. We know who they are. Right. But it's, one of them is married to a Chinese shipping magnet. Yeah, and if, if uh, <laughs> you know what Lindell says, says is correct, that if the election hadn't gone the way it had, we would have never uncovered half of this stuff. So that actually is a blessing. So I'm going to leave it there, <laughs> though. So terrible blessing. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it there, though. Good to have you back on. Hopefully, okay. we we'll talk soon. You betcha. Yes, sir. So there you have it. Captain retired Robert Firth he is a TPR contributor author. You can go to redbloodedpatriots.com. You can go to the shop. You can check out his books. As I said in the interview, if you are ultra mega, you will love his books. So check them out. They're very reasonably priced as well. Uh, you can head over to Amazon if you prefer, but you can get his, his digital downloads right from my site and start reading it right away. And that's again at redbloodedpatriots.com. Go to the shop section, you'll see that. So I began the show talking about uh, Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and talked about this, this show today really being about deductive reasoning and looking around. So I, I needed a segment name for what we're doing here. And this is what I came up with, No Shite Sherlock. And you can... You can understand what the meaning is there because it's a rather common saying. So let's do some, some deductive reasoning. So the first thing that you get from anybody on the left when you start talking about adverse reactions or death on the part of the pilot is, well, there is a co-pilot there, and the co-pilot can safely land the plane. Deductive reasoning, however, would tell you that you have a co-pilot who may have personal uh, personal friendship and likely does, with the pilot that's sitting there, or you can swap that around and, and it could be the co-pilot who's having the health issue. But what does that do to their emotional state when they have something like that happen in the cockpit? What can happen as a result of that? Let's take it further. And, and we need to do this more, folks. Just take a, when you hear stuff that's going on today, take us take a, a break, a pause, and reason it out. So we're talking about airline pilots, commercial airline pilots. But what about these guys? What happens if a solo pilot has a reaction or passes away in the cockpit and maybe slams into a parade or a school bus or, a, you know, whatever? Or maybe it's a news helicopter or a police helicopter. Or, God forbid, it's a fighter plane that's armed with nuclear weapons. Or what if it's you driving down the highway and then it's this guy or gal that has this reaction or dies behind the wheel of one of these? Or maybe it's one of those, but it's a fuel truck and maybe that happens to them when you're on the highway. Uh... What if it is, and I mentioned this, school bus, what if it's a school bus and it's a school bus driver driving your kid or your kids? So all this stuff, whether you think, oh, I don't fly or, oh, you know, whatever, um, all of it matters because that is the truth of it when you reason it out. And it can and likely will impact us all. Whether I'd love to be proven wrong and I'd love for my family members to come back and say, hey, you know, you were wrong about that because that would mean that then they're not at risk. And that that would make me feel good. But unfortunately, I don't think I am. And I think that the evidence is out there to prove that. And there are plenty of studies. There are plenty of peer reviewed studies. And 
the other thing that I think that the other side doesn't understand is that there's a huge motivator for putting out false information called money. And we've seen that with the, the COVID protocols within the hospitals and the bonuses that the hospitals get when they go through those protocols, which actually kill people. And we're going to talk about that one quite heavily in an upcoming documentary. To close out, though, I want to talk to you about High Treason, You Decide. Now, this is a six-part docu-series that I've been working on for a while. This deals with treason, the topic of treason, the history of treason in the United States, who's been tried and convicted of treason. And then it goes into the other five episodes, go into specific topics that are from our own time. So it's going to go into the, the real insurrection and the fake insurrection, the election issues, January 6th. Going to go into COVID, going to go into the border, going to go into the education, uh, CRT, and hypersexualization. And um, stay tuned for that. You can go to uh, AmericaFirstProductions.com, America, the number one ST, Productions.com, and follow that there. And also contribute to these documentaries. That would be greatly appreciated. The other documentary, I'm actually going to close out with a the introduction, at least a, a raw sample of what the introductions to this documentary will be, Breaking the Oath, the Evils of Incentivized Healthcare, deals specifically with the story of Grace Shara and the Shara family and what has happened to them in the travesty of justice that it actually is, that is occurring across the country. Before I show you that, uh, that video, though, I want to remind you to go to my store, dot com slash tpr you can get some great deals there and you can um, take advantage of that so um, i'm going to show you this trailer real quick and i'll be right back after this After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that. The color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. Trust me, folks, this is one that you're not going to want to miss. It's a heartbreaking story, one that is being repeated all over the world and something that we all need to be aware of. We'll see you next time on the Patriot Review, and I hope that you have had an awesome Veterans Day. Special thank you to the veterans out there. We'll see you next week.